When I was 28, I left my job and went to train as a doctor. Amazing, people said when I told them. Why are you doing that? I couldn't find a short answer. Sometimes I said I had a revelation on a beach. It was partly true. I'd been working as an editor for a publisher in London. I reorganised sentences and wrote comments in margins. Rephrase, I wrote. Is this true? In the manuscript I read, the characters went places and did things. They rarely sat in offices. It was one of the things we editors had identified as lacking in contemporary fiction, realistic portrayals of employment. Why does no one write about work, my colleague asked in a meeting one afternoon. The table was covered in coffee cups, and the blind was down to stop a sunbeam that came in at certain times of year. I loved my job. It was miraculous to be paid for reading books, but I was restless. I chewed biros until the plastic split. I skied my office chair from side to side, not all the way round. I wasn't a child. I went to the kitchen and boiled the kettle when no one wanted tea. I wandered round the office, visiting my colleagues at their desks. Eventually, I asked my boss for a sabbatical. I thought travelling might be a solution for restlessness. I applied for voluntary work and was accepted by a charity that sent people to teach English in Palestinian refugee camps across the Middle East. The charity placed me in a camp in the south of Lebanon. I lived with two other volunteers in a bedroom in a Palestinian family's home. We arranged our sleeping mats against three of the walls. We put a fan that we'd bought next to the fourth and adjusted it so it blew on each of us in turn. There was a pause while you waited for your gust. Sometimes I rolled onto the cold tiled floor. When it grew too hard I rolled back onto my mat. Our hosts did not have fans and our arrival had deprived two sisters of their bedroom. They were now sharing with their grandmother. We could hear them bickering through the wall. It was a Saturday night about three weeks into the trip. I had spent the morning cutting 60 clock faces out of cardboard in preparation for a lesson about telling the time. The clock faces were resources, a term we had learnt from one of the professional teachers volunteering alongside us. Resources were essential. The children paid attention to colouring and lessons stalled without handouts, but I wish they didn't involve so much stapling. I didn't come to Lebanon to staple, I told my colleague. She showed me a dent that the scissors had made in her finger. Now it was evening and a group of us had gone to the beach where the children we taught never went. It wasn't a leisure beach, the sand was gritty and the sea was brown, but it was spacious after the camp and there was a breeze. We drank a bottle of beer each and were immediately uplifted. I had a vision of a future in which I was truly useful. I'm going to go to medical school, I announced. The other volunteers were supportive. It had become our default mode. Encouragement was the main asset we had to donate. We punctuated our lessons with cries of great and fantastic while the children waited for us to calm down. Go for it, everyone said to me now. Amazing. The applause obscured the impracticality. Why medicine, an expensive choice for which I was not obviously suited? I'd considered applying at school, but gave up as soon as I found science difficult. Now I was encouraged to think I'd had an epiphany. The books I'd brought with me had given me ideas. One evening I read Children of a Siege by Pauline Cutting. Cutting had worked as a volunteer surgeon in a Palestinian camp near Beirut in the mid-1980s, while the camp was under siege from the Amal militia. The book opens with a boy called Bilal walking across an alley. High in a building outside the camp, a sniper belonging to the Amal militia was watching the alleyway. When Bilal came into his sights, he squeezed the trigger. Bilal, 
a beautiful, dark, curly-haired boy of seven, is shot in the spine. Despite the medical team's attempts to help him, he is paralysed. Cutting worked in the camp for months, performing surgery in hopeless conditions. Children of the Siege rendered the complexities of Palestinian-Lebanese history down to a furious list of atrocities and medicine's efforts to fix them. The simplicity was compelling. I felt I had always watched suffering from the sidelines, whereas Cutting and her colleagues had tried to make things better. I couldn't think of anything that I had made better. The closest I'd been to pain had been illness in my family. When I was seven, Jay, my youngest brother, became sick. He was two. He hadn't been right for a while, my mother said afterwards. One January day, she saw bruises and she took him to the doctor. At the end of school, mum wasn't there to collect me or my other brother, who was five. My father was waiting at the gate instead. Dad was holding his bike by the saddle. He could steer without using the handlebars, a skill I was keen to acquire. 